to Ripe Hour, a podcast about everyday retreats. My name is Eddie Keenan. I am a retreat guide and transformation coach. I am speaking to you from Santa Fe, New Mexico, USA. So it's been a bit since my last episode. I want to acknowledge that. So I kicked things off in February fully expecting like, oh yeah, this is going to be a weekly podcast. And what I realized is weekly cadence doesn't really serve me uh, in this project in particular. Uh, so one thing that I'm really reimagining right now and trying on is a cadence that's a little bit more fluid. What I mean by that is I think you can expect <laughs> uh, a new one to drop every, you know, two or perhaps three weeks. Uh, it really is all about when the moment is right to kind of create it and share it. I don't want to be, you know, forcing myself to you know, put something out there that doesn't ring true or doesn't feel right uh, simply to meet some sort of like arbitrary cadence, such as a weekly cadence. Uh, so while as a listener, it may be somewhat less of a, you know, experience cadence. Uh, I hope you understand uh, the intention behind why uh, weekly is not necessarily the best uh, cadence for me. Uh, and you can look forward to episodes when they do drop really, uh, you know, having full clarity and meaning and so on. The other consideration too is there's kind of a lot in each episode, a lot to consider, a lot to reflect upon, and uh, hopefully a lot of like juicy, substantive material to sort of try on and uh, exercises to do and so on. And so, uh, I also don't want, uh, I've had several people be like, oh, I'm like already way behind. Uh, so yeah, I don't want uh, folks to feel, um, you know, that they're uh, always trying to catch up. So I think my, uh, the plan that's serving me and filling my cup is also perhaps serving uh, listeners who, uh, you know, life is, life is busy. <laughs> Folks got a lot of stuff going on. And so every two or three weeks or so, uh, perhaps meets you where you're at too, I hope. So anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge that because I did not fall off the face of the earth. And going forward, uh, yeah, you can expect, you know, roughly like twice a month uh, episodes. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. Uh, so on today's episode... Uh, we're going to uh, dive into a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. I want to get in the habit too of like recapping briefly the last episode for folks who may have missed it. So in the last episode, Presence is Power, we dove into uh, some, you know, bit of breath work and other considerations to help you arrive fully in the present moment and to really revel in what's around you, where you are, who you're with, so that you can show up for yourself and show up for the world around you, the people around you, the hey, the animals around you, the plants around you, uh, in a way that allows you to uh, practice, certainly as a practice, uh, practice not being distracted in practice, taking it in, all of it, all the elements, all the noises, 
and responding rather than reacting so that you can have really rich, meaningful interactions, experiences, uh, solo experiences, and so on. Uh, so yeah, recommend presence as power if you haven't gotten around to that quite yet. Uh, and today's topic is uh, somewhat related. Uh, so we're going to be talking about creating space and, and flow today. Uh, and for me, I've had this kind of significant revelation in the past few years uh, around really how to like accomplish goals and maintain habits and to make progress, any kind of personal development progress. And for me, my kind of old paradigm was around this kind of like deeply ingrained uh, Puritan work ethic that I've been carrying with me. I was raised in New England, Boston area, and uh, really the whole attitude is like workaholism, I would say, uh, just on the nose there. Um, and so really it's just like, okay, like just having this like sort of stamina and just pushing forward and like hustling and knocking a bunch of st like stuff off your list. Right. And just like going, going, going all the time, being really ambitious and just like being hungry and uh, going for it, like full speed <laughs> all the time. Uh, and so it's taken a really long time for me to go through the unlearning process. This is something I want to pick up on another episode. Uh, we talk a lot about like, oh, like lifelong learners and all that stuff. Uh, the unlearning process is like incredibly tricky and there's all sorts of things that we need to unlearn uh, in order to move forward. Anyway, that's a side note. So I've been unlearning this really uh, inhumane and unsustainable um, work ethic. That is to say, I still take great pride in my work and the work that I do, of course. Yet the the methods, the the habits, the practices, the ways in which I show up have radically changed. And this may upset some people because what I'm about to share is for some perhaps contrary to, you know, really deeply ingrained dominant cultural, social narratives around work. Uh, and, you know, I'm already anticipating like people being like, oh, well, that's not right. Or <laughs> like, that's not true or no way, or that's bullshit or whatever. And that's fine. And people can feel differently. I honestly don't really care. Uh, I think I'm more curious around, I, I actually do care because I'm curious around like, oh, if you do have such a reaction, like that struck a nerve perhaps, like why, why did that do that, right? And uh, I've had really deep resistance around embracing some of this stuff. So anyway, preface over, let's dive into it. Uh, so the revelation that I'm speaking about around creating space and flow especially as it relates to, you know, routine, habit, and work, productivity in general, uh, has shifted from this da-da-da-da-da hustle gets things done, very little regard for my own, you know, well-being, and just the focus is all about, like, work and output and productivity and, like, accomplishment and ambition with regard to all those things shifted from that to this idea of filling my own cup and creating space, <laughs> creating space. And I mean, on a few fronts, creating space, literally like physically within my home, having a dedicated space and also just being more mindful of how um, belongings occupy the space. Uh, and for many years, like I didn't realize how much like, you know, clutter and just, you know, 
disorganization was impacting my psychic space, my mental health, my emotional health. And I, and I swear, like if you just even do a quick exercise, like if you're wherever you live has gotten to kind of a messier state, kind of like write down, like just reflect really quickly, five minutes. Like, how does it, how do you feel in the space when you walk into that room and then clean it, like clean it, put in some music, dance around, do your full cleaning routine, whatever that is, maybe sage it, light some incense, some candles, what have you. And then after you do that, sit down for a minute, catch your breath. And and again, quick lightning round, five minutes. How does the space feel to you now? Uh, It's quite significant, right? We're so susceptible to our environment, our conditions, and uh, the space in which we live in. And it doesn't matter how big or small it may be. You have the capacity to beautify it and uh, make it more um, open and less cluttered. All that stuff really impacts our creativity, our yeah, sense of like anxiety and capacity to you know uh, feel in control of our our lives. So creating space. That's the first more obvious one. Uh, I also mean when I say like the importance of creating space, this also relates to your psychic space, your mental space. Uh, I talk a lot about um, on this podcast how we do live in noisy times and there's so much competing for our attention at every turn, uh, including, you know, news media and, uh, all sorts of screen time stuff. Um, you know, I am now, I believe seven weeks into a total news media blackout. This is something I'll continue to share and talk about because I hope it's inspiring people to consider, uh, if not a blackout, you know, greatly reducing their screen time, especially news media consumption. With regard to creating space on the psychic, emotional front, uh, this has been such a game changer for me as a recovering news junkie. Uh, and so really, again, thinking about, it's not that all screen time is bad. That's certainly not what I mean at all. It's a necessity for work for a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of like fun, curious stuff out there too. Right. Uh, but just really like honing in on, you know, of the various types of news media or media in general that you do consume anything on a screen as far as i'm concerned you know what are those things that like actually do like light you up and add value and richness to your life one example might be like nature documentaries like i fucking love nature documentaries and i will always watch nature documentaries i find them incredibly inspiring and comforting and uh really connects me to being alive on planet earth Uh, so, you know, just thinking through like, what are the types of things that I consume and do they support my well-being and and create more space and create more joy and clarity or, um, I, you know, I doubt it's neutral. It's certainly in some direction, or is it, um, perhaps like imbuing the sense of like anxiety and fear and judgment and doubt. I'll give you one other example. I recently did a purge on Instagram and I found out like I was following like 1800 people. I'm like, who are these people I'm following? I don't know them. And so I went through and did a purge and just unfollowed like quite literally like 1300 people. And I would say 1200 of them were like, you know, thirst trap, like shirtless gaze. I'm like, I don't, this isn't serving me. Honestly, this is like actually, uh, you know, reminding me of like just body image bullshit and stuff within the gay community. And I don't need to see this. Uh, bye. <laughs> so again, back to creating space, just thinking about like, again, not all screen time is bad or evil yet just bringing more awareness to the types of 
things you consume and how that impacts you and your emotional realm, your mental space, your psychic space. Uh, and just, you know, trying to be a bit more discerning. This takes practice, right? Because there's just so much proliferation of media around us. Uh, and so, uh, really bringing your attention to the types of media that you find inspiring, like TED Talks or like other YouTube, like lectures or like informative uh, animations or infographics or, you know, anything that's like serving your like curiosity, like definitely keep that going for sure. Uh, it's rather the like trivia, the gossip, the fear mongering, right? Um, that stuff needs to go, needs to go. (laughs) It's not serving you. It needs to go. Uh, I'm not saying it's that easy. Uh, it does need to go though. Uh, so back to this idea of creating space, um, you know, taking small steps to, uh, also look around your emotional world in your relationships, your friendships, the people that you maybe visit with semi-regularly or speak on the phone with. Um, this is an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people, uh, yet it's incredibly important to really challenge yourself. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that like cleaning exercise, right? Like just check in with yourself before you, before you clean. And then afterwards, like, Oh, I feel much different. I, that same kind of quick, quick, simple check-in can also uh, apply to, uh, plans with friends or interactions with friends. Uh, so just noting, like, how are you feeling uh, beforehand? Like, what's your mood like? Uh, what is your, you know, relationship with, you know, like stability, clarity, uh, creativity, ease, hope, motivation, gratitude, and so on. You can make this list to whatever you want it to be. Those are some some core ones to think about. And then noting like during the interaction, how you're feeling and certainly like after the interaction's over and you part ways, whatever that looks like. Again, checking in with yourself. How did that interaction serve you? Did you feel like seen and heard and witnessed? Do you feel perhaps more energized, more excited? Uh, because the person or people you're interacting with like shared some genuine excitement uh, around things going on in your life or you know really held some space for some challenges that you're facing and you felt you know truly genuinely supported or perhaps you know do you feel drained do you feel like the person dominated the conversation and spent very little time on reciprocity and like that dance, that exchange of like also sharing what's going on with you. Did they unload on you and like kind of did this like emotional dumping of just like, uh, yeah, just like unleashing upon you or is this person like a full blown psychic vampire? Are they just like harvesting your time, attention, friendship, support, goodwill, uh, for their going gain? That one's a little bit more nefarious yet like psychic vampires they out there they exist and some people are you know maybe not so aware how close they are with people that are like psychic vampires anyway that's a topic for another another episode for sure uh and so yeah just being mindful of like how did this interaction change your mood or maybe you know maybe you feel like you know, like I just feel calm and my mood is the same. I feel like, you know, stabilized by this interaction, right? It's like, that's like a neutralizing force or grounding force of an interaction, like beautiful, lovely, love that. Uh, and so back to, again, creating space in the emotional, emotional realm. Uh, if, you know, if you do find that in giving folks the benefit of the doubt, we all have our off days 
Yet, if you find like a pattern where it's like, oh, every time or nearly every time I interact with this person, these people, I feel worse about myself. I feel, you know, taken down a notch. I feel, you know, not listened to, not seen, not supported. Uh, I feel more negative. Uh, there's a lot of like criticism or judgment. And I just like don't feel this connection is serving me. Uh, note that and like run with it. You really need to trust your intuition. Again, this is a practice. And you need to stop investing time in those those connections. And I understand that's like dramatic to say, uh, especially if we have like shared memories with people, uh, history, right? Uh, at the end of the day though, um, if there's a pattern uh, over a period of time in which you, uh, you know, you're not getting what you need out of the connection, the relationship, and that person, those people do not seem, um, you know, remotely interested in perhaps changing their behavior or how they show up for you, or you sense that deeply and you know it, then it's, it's just time to stop, you know, stop taking the initiative to reach out to that person and make plans. Um, that in and of itself will reveal a lot about the people that care most about you. Uh, and I don't mean to do that, you know, don't do that in a manipulative way. Uh, yet if you do have someone in that, that fits that category, you stop reaching out and find, oh, that person never reaches out to me. Well, well, there you go. That, that is sign. That's a, a symbolic, uh, statement in and of itself. Uh, so other, just a couple other things around creating space, you know, we are all, uh, we all have the capacity to, uh, be conduits for creative energy, spiritual energy, uh, innovation, inventive you know, business tactics and strategy, uh, all sorts of wonderful, life-affirming, meaning-making ideas and actions, inspired actions. When I say conduit, what I mean by that is, you know, the more open we are and the more space that we can create in our own lives, the more receptive we can be to coming up with a breakthrough idea or harnessing a, a eureka moment into some sort of revelatory dynamic movement in our lives, physical movement or creative, emotional, spiritual, sexual movement. Change really comes from being receptive to how you may evolve. And this may surprise you, right? It's continuing a practice of staying open, staying grounded uh, to all of the multitudes that you contain, you know, like having human brain is like, we have one of the most complex structures in the universe, like within our bodies, the human heart, like the capacity to you know, be compassionate, be empathetic, to connect and relate, to share, to be vulnerable. Like these are all like such wonderful, wonderful uh, opportunities, deep wells for us to tap into. And when we're dominated by, you know, our schedule, we're just booked and busy all the time around the clock. Uh, we have our scurrying between, you know, interactions with various friends and keeping up in all sorts of interactions and stuff with very little regard to how they're sustaining us or filling up our cup, uh, or, you know, always relentlessly, you know, focus on this compulsion toward like being hyperproductive and all this, uh, what this does is, creates sort of a vacuum for this wonderful kind of connective tissue, this openness, this space that allows us to be a conduit and allows us to 
tap into divine inspiration, for example, or be aware of synchronicities and messages that are appearing in our own lives. Uh, and so when I say creating space, there's so many, you know, multitude of ways in which this can be put into practice. Uh, and I sense that most people kind of understand what I mean and, and what it means for you in your own life. Like, you know that best. Um, that openness is so powerful. And this is a big part of my own revelation in recent years. With regard to so much in life, and again, this is contrary to how I used to see things in a deeply dramatic way. So much of life and, and change and transition and progress and challenge and opportunity, habits, routines, you know, life-affirming ways that we created our stories, make meaning in our lives, comes from not a state of doing and trying and exerting effort and being in a state of lack and scarcity and like looking toward the next thing. What I found to be deeply transformative for me is in fact, a lot of things can be easier than I have made them in my own life. And this is a word that I think triggers people. When I say easy, <laughs> I don't mean without any challenge, right? Like challenge is really what allows us to grow. Yet, when we are in a state of ease, feeling at peace with ourselves, in a state of self-love and self-trust and self-belief, when our surroundings are peaceful and things are in order and, and as simple as they can be, or rather simple, relatively simple in our lives, these are the conditions that allow us to engage in direct revelation, to be direct participants, present participants in our lives, showing up for ourselves, showing up for loved ones and neighbors and acquaintances and strangers we meet in public, right? So it's perhaps a bit challenging to take in if, you know, this may resonate with some people right off the bat, intuitively, instinctually, what have you. For others though, I sense like, this seems challenging to try on or take in as an idea like it's not so much about always exerting so much effort <laughs> and perhaps in many regards it's about getting out of our own way, bringing awareness to the ways in which we're sabotaging our own progress by being so fixated on what we're lacking. And instead, doing our best to practice operating from a place of ease, a place of peace, and a place of abundance. 
on a recent episode, I talked about, you know, trusting the timing of your life. And I've just found so many breakthroughs, small ones, big ones. When I move through my day and week and month out of a place of self-trust, knowing that I am worthy and whole in this moment, in this present moment, wherever I find myself, and trusting that progress or perhaps a new idea or some emotional healing or some clarity around a decision, these will come in time. So long as I continue my practice of creating peace in my life, creating joy, cultivating richer interactions with people, more present interactions, more supportive connections with people. Taking, you know, inspired action in small ways every day and showing up for myself first and foremost, showing up for myself, meaning, you know, maintaining certain boundaries, perhaps disappointing people along the way. Ultimately though, looking out for how I can keep my cup full and stay in a place of gratitude and abundance and, and do my best to reject, reject fear and scarcity. And I don't mean to ignore it. I mean, certainly confront it and move through it. <laughs> you know, what you're fearful of is often like, the thing that you need to do <laughs> or at least confront. Yeah. So I've, I've just witnessed in my own life, <clears throat> directly experienced so much progress and uh, magic, honestly. When I let go and reject this idea that any kind of progress or success or productivity needs to be based out of this old paradigm that I was really enthralled in, which was deeply rooted in lack, deeply rooted in a sense of scarcity in, in all realms. I need to do this. I need to do X, Y, Z. I need to read X, Y, Z. I need to buy X, Y, Z in order to be better. The funny thing is though, like, <laughs> don't need to be better <laughs> when it comes to changing things about you. It's wonderful and beautiful to pursue self-development and maintain curiosity around how you might show up in different ways and, you know, further refine and expand your routine and habits and the ways in which you show up for others in your life. Absolutely. Yet, doesn't mean that you're not whole and worthy right now. <laughs> and there's this, you know, tension, right, between like aspiration, right, aspiring to be better and 
contentment, being at peace with accepting who you are, all that you are. I've lived through that like tension, right? What I've found though is, and I think this is quite common too, especially in the like quote unquote, like self-help <laughs> industrial complex, uh, you know, all the, all the books and articles and seminars and retreats and stuff, like a lot of them are so wonderful. And I'm like, that's definitely the space I operate in. Uh, the thing is though, like, The most important thing you can do, any of us can do, any given day is find some peace around where we find ourselves, cultivate some loving energy, some compassion, and know and trust and believe like who we are in this moment today is whole, is worthy of love, worthy of being seen and heard, worthy of feeling safe. And abundant in the sense that You have the capacity to feel a part of the natural world and interconnected with all natural things, all natural beings, plants, insects, whales, dolphins, turtles, crows, eagles, dogs, cats, koi, the list goes on. And also, you know, natural phenomena, you know, clouds, wind, water, rocks, sand, dirt. You are a part of all of the natural worlds. And that is an invitation and allowance to feel abundant. You know, the, the human eye is like one of the most complex structures in the universe, as is the human brain. You have within you the capacity to feel in love and change and discover and be compassionate. There was so much noise, <laughs> noise and stimuli. We often lose sight of these kind of simple truths they're quite beautiful and, and life affirming, all of which really fuel gratitude, a sense of gratitude, a practice of gratitude. And that's what abundance is all about in my book. Gratitude for being able to be in a body, whatever that body looks like, or can do and having the opportunity to be be a human being in this in this life in this earth walk right like the fact that you can learn and <laughs> learn and discover new things and change and most people can can speak, although not everyone can. Uh, engaging in just communication in general, 
with fellow human beings, like this stuff is fucking miraculous. <laughs> it really is. <clears throat> and so, you know, especially in the Western world, the modern world, there's so much uh, dominant uh, energy, collective energy, psychic energy, social, cultural energy oriented around like lack, right? If you watch like three ads in a row, like you'll see it. Advertisements, yeah. Um, all the stuff that's being sold to us for the most part is around lack. Um, and I, I think it's a really radical, badass, subversive practice to really challenge all the ways in which you are an agent of consumption, all the ways in which you spend money and consume things. Um, of course, like certainly you still want to find some joy and beauty and excitement in your life. And like, that's all well and good, uh, for sure. Yet, like just asking myself, like, do I, do I really need this? Or is this trying to fill some void within me, some element of scarcity in my life, right? That like, I'm not enough and I need this thing or I'm not enough and I need to do this thing attend this thing. Anything that's in that kind of like low vibration domain of lack and scarcity, fear, anxiety, doubt, hatred, it's not serving you. It's not it's certainly not serving you, it's certainly not serving the world in contributing to like a rich, meaningful life. So stop doing, stop doing those things. Yeah. It's it's easier said than done. Yet, like in small ways, you can challenge yourself to reject scarcity as a as an emotion, as an operating system. And big part of that is like how you orient yourself around work and productivity. Uh, if you tie your, you know, if you keep yourself conflated, your self-worth conflated, your identity conflated with what you do achieve your output, your productivity, it's a trap. It's a big fucking trap. I'll tell you right now, it's a big trap. <laughs> it's a big trap because it's, relentless, right? Like I, I'm visualizing actually like a hamster wheel or like when they say like rat race of like a rat going around like a circle, right? It's, of course, it's going to only continue if you continue to base your own value and worth on what you achieve or accomplish. And it's such a fleeting thing, right? Like you might get a little, you know, some, uh, a rush of endorphins and chemicals and stuff like that, or a pat on the back. And then it's like off to the next thing. Right. Um, and so it's really radical to and instead start reimagining how we define our self-worth and the value that we believe that we have because I believe that we all have inherent value and worth, period. And that's immutable. We always have worth and value, <laughs> each of us as human beings. And that is kind of like a startling thing for many to really embody and feel into and try on and sense into because so much of how we're conditioned, especially in the Western world, is like, what have you done for me lately kind of thing, right? Like, what is your current or most recent timely significant accomplishment. <laughs> 
please recite it now. Like that is, that is <laughs> your worth. Um, so, you know, again, just like rejecting this whole program around scarcity and lack uh, can really transform your life and creating this space, being a conduit for ease and peace and joy and clarity and, you know, building the stuff into your day, finding moments each day where you can access a bit of clarity, access, experience, feel some joy, um, have you know, loving, supportive interactions and not stand for anything less. All these ways of showing up will compound upon themselves and, and grow. And it may not be so easy to see that, yet I'm telling you on the other side of the wall, several years on, this whole program of abundance of knowing that you are inherently valuable and worthy and deserving of love and deserving of being seen and heard and witnessed period because you exist and you're part of nature, the natural world interconnected with all natural things. this continues to build upon itself and on the magic and manifestation front to get real wooey right now you know i, I really think of this thing of like you you show how people you show how people should treat you or you show how the universe to treat you. I really do believe in this, in the sense of being our own best advocates, all from this place of radically embodying and knowing that we are worthy and valuable and not standing for anything less. And sure, there might be you know situations in which like, in like a workplace, for instance, like a hostile work environment or something like that, where it's not so easy because your livelihood depends on, you know, wading through those waters. I've been there. Um, speaking up though, speaking up, using your voice. Uh, so it doesn't always mean saying no and removing yourself from the situation. Oftentimes it's having a difficult conversation and speaking up, using your voice to name what is unacceptable, not only for yourself, but for other workers or other people in that situation, right? And so what I've found is when I start from this place, this like heart-centered space, so kind of moving away from it's like rigid, intellectual, analytical thinking, which I operated under for so long, uh, in kind of channeling using my, my, my mind just as a instrument of my heart as an access point to my heart space and really like showing up in the world and leading and living from this like heart centered space of seeing the value and seeing the worth in all people in the entirety of the natural world this richness is contagious. <laughs> it spreads and you have the capacity to witness this in your own life by showing up each day for yourself and showing up infusing each interaction with just like a baseline baseline foundational assumption of just inherent value and inherent worth magical things will happen i assure you uh and you know there's so many like axioms related to this uh 
and at the end of the day it's like who do you want to be really like uh the maya angelou quote right is i don't have it memorized verbatim but it's like you know people will forget what you said uh people will forget you know what you did people will always remember how you made them feel and you know one thing that i take really seriously especially as a coach in my practice is seeing myself as a leader and i think we all can be leaders in this way of rejecting the program of scarcity the program of fear the program of lack that you know your worth is determined by like what you accomplish and your output and productivity that's <laughs> that shit is falling down <laughs> right now it is uh it's not going out without a fight but it is crumbling this whole old paradigm that dominated the 21st century in the first part of uh or the 20th century in the first part of the 21st century. Uh, and, and, you know, being a leader in, in stepping into this place of like, Oh, like I can create space. I can create space in my, where I live. I can create space in my mind, in my heart, in my social interactions and be a conduit, be a grounded conduit for divine inspiration, creative insights, right? Flashes of brilliance, uh, ways of, you know, acts of service, right? Inspired action. Uh, and I can carry this with me each and every day because I am inherently worthy and valuable as a person period. I have inherent value and worth. I'm no better than anyone else and no one is better than me. Right. And so what I've found is increasingly as I, you know, again, this is practice. This is work. Yeah. Especially because it involves a lot of unlearning and unconditioning and showing up in a totally radically new way, different way than most of us have been conditioned anyway. And how most of the world operates right now, which is a whole nother challenge, right? All of the, you know, signals and signs we get and everything that's embedded in, you know, popular mainstream, you know, TV programs and, and movies, right? What I found is really stepping full heartedly into the space and practicing in these ways, practicing showing up for myself and others in these ways. It's created this unmistakable flow state. There's all sorts of like research on, on flow, flow state, highly recommend the book flow, forgetting the author's name at the moment. Um, what I mean by this, and I'm just speaking from my experience, I'm not rattling off a definition from a book for you, but, um, operating from this place of abundance of inherent value, inherent worth and peace and joy and clarity. Uh, again, easier said than done, right? Always a challenge uh, to meet the moment and meet your needs. And, you know, we all have off days and off moments and there's, you know, shit we can't control that happens, right? Yet trying to feed overall into this current of abundance and value and worth and peace and joy and clarity this like river has been built up in my life and it the current now is like pretty it's a pretty big clip like i don't know how many you know knots nautical knots it is but it's like it's getting windy it's getting choppy like this river is flowing through me and uh and i'm it's flowing out of me too like what i mean by this is like this kind of flow that i find myself in i'm finding much greater ease in 
how I do things, get things done, how I think through things, how I like, you know, heal like emotional baggage and trauma, how I think of myself and work through difficult, complex emotions or feelings or experiences. It's almost as if like this river that I continue to build in, in its capacity each and every day. This is like the dominant force in my life now. <laughs> it's like loving river. Uh, and I feel like an unstoppable force because I know that each and every day I'm going to do my morning routine and set aside time to meditate, to write, to go on walks, to seek out, you know, inspirational, motivational, uh, highly creative, life-affirming books and media and have rich, meaningful interactions with people and show up fully, authentically, with an open heart and curiosity to each and every experience that I have, each and every interaction I have. Again, this isn't easy yet. I, I share this now, like having done this for quite some time and I'm, a, I'm just excited and so grateful because I feel the world shines so much brighter and the just amount of like gratitude that I feel uh it's it's unconditional gratitude and 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 even the all the burden and expectations i put on myself in my own life like a lot of that shit has just been like washing away because this river is so powerful this river of abundance this river of value and worth is so powerful and it's like i don't need to operate in that old system anymore uh and i don't want to i don't want to because this feels so good and this feels so natural a natural human state to be in right um and so i share this with you as, as inspiration because it really all does come down to how you show up in a given day, right? Like all we have is like the eternal present moment. And so how do you meet the moment? How do you meet each moment? And how do you create space in your days for joy, for clarity, for presence, for embodiment, for inspired action? And how do those habits and routines impact the rest of your day. I mean, curious about that and how all this stuff feeds into each other, right? Um, is that another old like adage? I forget who said it. I need to get better about remembering who said things, but I'm giving credit to someone out there. Uh, but it's like, you know, be mindful of your, uh, be mindful of your thoughts, be mindful of your, actions like all the be mindful of everything in your life because this basically is who you are right it's it's all about each of the small decisions you you make each day uh and how you show up for yourself how you show up for others like this stuff snowballs and i'm telling you like it compounds upon itself especially as you do the really difficult work of breaking down this program of scarcity and fear and anxiety uh it's it's not a natural state to live in <laughs> like it's really not and a lot of this shit is is relatively new in the course of human history especially on fear fear mongering um and in the modern anxiety is you know just unprecedented um in in the ways in which it's all consuming all encompassing yet we have each of us you have the capacity to take charge and own your day and can't control everything that happens you can control though how you respond and how you fill your cup and 
again, feed more of your life force, more of your time, more of your focus, attention, energy into this program of abundance, this program of, you know what, like this whole like belief system and worldview that like I am inherently worthy and I have inherent value. Um, and so much begins to erode. Uh, so much uh, can be uh, unlearned when you maintain this practice. Uh, and, and I found for me, like the most powerful belief system that is crumbled down is like this conflation between, you know, my self worth and what I accomplish <laughs> or like what my title is or my productivity output uh, and so on, or my accomplishments, right? Um, this is an old world belief system and it's it's crumbling. There's a lot of forces in play right now. Like I think a lot of people are are waking up to, especially with the pandemic and all of the unionization, which is just so lovely to see. Uh, people are just kind of like, it's hitting critical mass, I think. Um, and, and I want to be a part of that and I want others to be a part of it too, of uh, just kind of rejecting the uh, brutality of like late stage capitalism and uh and all the ways in which we're you know robbed of our own inherent value and self-worth and, and the most brilliant thing the most radical thing the most subversive thing is to like start taking some of that power back each day and give it to yourself start taking that power back that uh belief system that says like you don't deserve rest that belief system that says you are what you accomplish that belief system that says you know you are your title or your you know the prestige the like ex, you know accepted prestige of your occupation or whatever or you know the belief system that you know relegates your worth to like how much money you have in the bank or how big your house is or if you are a homeowner or renter and all that shit. it's like start taking your power back because you are worthy and you have inherent value and knowing this and trusting this really like builds up this radical self-love that will change your life because you know your priorities will shift and how you go about your day will change and how you show up for other people will transform because and, and how you think of like spending time, right? And resources and consuming and creating, right? Um, all this stuff can change because this river is unstoppable. And uh, it's not to say there aren't, you know, challenges, uh, people, forces, dominant forces, systemic forces that like try to challenge this, right? Of course. There's a lot of vested interest in power and capital and, and keeping people small and keeping people um, disembodied and disassociated and feeling like they're, you know, they lack so many things and need to purchase things and do all this other shit to this big charade to uh, feel worthy and, and whole and valid. Uh, so yeah, it's a really subversive, uh, practice and one that, uh, you know, I just encourage you to begin, uh, stepping into and, and, and challenge ways in which scarcity shows up for you. Um, uh, cause it, you know, it is, it is dominant, uh, uh, in the sense that it's deeply ingrained in many people's, you know, psyches and, and uh, when people feel challenged, like because they've based their whole life off of perhaps like a scarcity mindset, like people feel really challenged by someone who steps fully into their power, and they feel challenged and maybe even threatened by someone who knows their own inherent value and worth. Uh, and I just cannot think of like a more like beautiful, radical way to show up in this modern world than to just really know and trust and love your own value and worth and imbue that same sense uh with other people uh and uh yeah i mean we we're not really <laughs> designed to be running ragged burning the candle at both ends you know um 
working 60, 70 hours a week or, or working, you know, jobs that are, um, you know, demeaning or hostile workplaces like this shit is old world shit and it still exists. It's crumbling as well. <laughs> it really is. So I, I really appreciate your tuning in today to hear more about, um, you know, kind of dovetailing off of this like presence is power, uh, latest episode, uh, really, uh, feeling into this kind of like program of, of abundance and creating space and finding, uh, more flow in, in your, your world, your life, your interactions. So thanks so much for listening, uh, and we will uh, catch you catch you next time, sometime soon. Take care. Bye.